Marvel DC, Marvel DC, Marvel DC, 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 Marvel, 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 Marvel Image. We create our own realities and words. That's disgusting. Hello. That's disgusting. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. The Geek Chat. Hey, 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 everybody. Are, are, are we are we back? We're back. We're back? Yes. You're Hi, back. everybody. Uh, you're back listening to the Geek Chat here on MixLR. I'm your host, Desmond, and with me, as always, is my co-host. I would like to be referred to as an unpronounceable symbol from now on. So my co-host, the unpronounceable <laughs> symbol. Someone's getting a little high on Prince. Hi, everybody. I'm Rich. <laughs> like, you're not my slave. <laughs> it's on my cheek. It is. I keep slapping him. Yes. Anyway, um, want to say hello, everybody, and so sorry for not being around uh, last week. Someone uh, had plumbing problems. Yes, yes, I had plumbing issues, and uh, but everything has been fixed. So we. He are had back. some emodium, so he's fine now. <laughs> if only emodium wouldn't it cost us, wouldn't have been as expensive. So, having said all that, I say thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are here every Monday uh, from six to seven. You know, plumbing withstanding, notwithstanding, um, to give you all those fantastical, magical uh, news and reviews about comic books. That's what we're here for, comic books. Yes, we love comic books, and we love talking to you about comic books. He just pointed at you in case you didn't know that. Yes. And he's wearing a shirt that says, a very good phrase, comics are for everybody. Yes. Um, also wanted to say... Uh, Rich and I are thinking about having a lot of really cool stuff in the future. We're actually thinking about having a a a, a video portion. Oh, jeez. Yes, where we were. None of these people want to see our ugly mugs. We set up a camera, and we actually you can see me wiggling around. He wiggles a lot. Rich sitting, just sitting there looking all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so, so stay tuned. Um, also, want to say that our roundtable, uh, we're getting ready to produce our roundtable, and that will be next Thursday. Uh, Thursday, we will be posting the seventeenth, I believe. A uh, very interesting topic. Uh, we're calling it uh, superheroes and Guantanamo Bay. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Really? No, no, no. It's just, it's just superheroes and due process, ethics, ethics, morals. Yeah, because what's happening in the uh, a lot of the shows is in the TV shows is a lot of superheroes are holding these villains without due process. And we wanted to have a conversation about that and what the ethical ramifications of that are. And Supergirl uh, kind of uh, touched on that a little bit. And, and so, uh, Flash touched on it a little bit as well in its last season, but really hasn't picked up on it. So we're going to have a conversation about that, um, talking about how comic books handle it as well as how TV handles it. So definitely tune in for that. It's going to be a good one. Very interesting. So, Rich, what would you like to talk about first on today's... So, we got a lot of number ones coming at you today. A lot of number ones. It was a big week for brand new number one comics, and we are here to give you our opinion on whether they should be yay or nay in your collection. The first one we're going to be talking about is a show that I never really watched. It was... a. I was an adult and had no interest in TV uh, unless it was in a bar. So I'm talking about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which I never in a million years thought I would be saying I'm reading a comic book of. I, I watch it. I watched it. I loved it. It was amazing. Yes. I, I loved Power Rangers. No clue who half these people were. I'm glad that they were all color-coded in their regular everyday wear so I could tell who's who. You know what? I didn't even notice that in the Zero. And then I went back and I was like, oh my God, they're all color-coded. Yeah, they're all color-coded. So I'm cool. very thankful for that. You're talking about their skin color, right? Uh, that too. No, I was talking about their outfits. Um, so we're going to review two of the issues because it came. There was a Zero and then a Number One, which was released this week. Did you know I actually watched um, the Japanese version, the Oranges, as well, subtitled? I believe it, knowing you as long as I have. Sometimes it wasn't even it wasn't even subtitled. I just sit there and just watch it in all my geeky glory. And you know the the ones in Japan, so violent. People well, died. In yeah. It. People died in those original uh, Power Rangers. Still going on. Started in the seventies. One of the lo- mm. one of the longest running. Um, Hinchin. he's making he's making yeah Hinchin, punching no, yeah he's I'm changing <laughs> I, I have my 
you know, so you know Zord. what? Do you remember a couple months ago we read Voltron, the number one? After reading this, I'm like, this is like a hundred times better than what we read in that Voltron number one. Just completely different. And they're both about people who ride in giant animal things or whatever they're going to be called. Zords? Zoids? They're Zords. Zords? The Zoinks? Megazords. And compared to the cats on Voltron... And it's like, what a difference. What a big difference. So let's get into the who's of the zero. Look at that deep sigh. He, out of the, I, I can take it by your voice. You did not like it. I didn't say that. So written by Kyle Higgins, illustrated by Hendry Presetia, colors by Matt Herms, letters by Ed Dukeshire. Now, there's a backup story as well, The Ongoing Adventures of Bulk and Skull, written by Steve Orlando, who writes Midnighter, illustrated by Corin Howell, colors by Jeremy Lawson, letters by Jim Campbell, and a third story, What Time Is It?, written by Marguerite Scott, illustrated by Daniel Bayliss, and letters by Ed Dukeshire. So you got a lot. You got three different stories, all for three ninety nine. And by the way, this is from Boom Studios. Um, and the number one, I believe, is the same, but that just has the two stories in it. So the Zero starts off about the Green Ranger, and you learn that Rita Repulsor, is that how you say her name? Repulsa. Yeah, there you go. Um, is somehow in his head, because in his human guise as Tommy, who wears green, um, he has Rita in his head, so she's always around. And then the team... Because she created him to take down uh, the Power Rangers. Yeah, you get that by the end of issue one. So he's like the equivalent of Smurfette for the Smurfs, sort of? Okay. Okay. So yeah, the whole team is walking through the hallway and the blue guy's in blue and the yellow girl's in yellow and the green guy's in green and the red guy's in red and the pink girl's in pink. And unfortunately, the black guy is just black. And I think that was a most disservice because he's wearing gray. So, Okay. Um, you're killing me. And then, so this isn't. I'm not going to do a review by review. I'm just telling you of someone that's never seen any of this. It was quite something when the first time you see a full re, re, uh, re, Rita, her boobs are Madonna's comb boobs on acid. That is my favorite part of this. She's got her big headgear which goes way up, and then her boobs go way up. I'm digging this chick. Not a clue who she is, but I'm digging her. I'm so going to sit you down and make you watch Power Rangers with me now. Oh, my God. So then there's this little um, elf rhinoceros guy who is making something. He creates all of the – of the um, well, he creates the putties who are the who are the little army men that run around. They're little putties. Yeah, they, by the end of issue one, I realized – I'm like, what the hell is putty? And then I realized they're the monsters after the that, fat guy and the little guy, they ran into a putty. And yeah, I'm like, they're, okay. the, they're the, the, the foot soldiers. And then the evil are the giant monsters. And they – well, they start off small. Then they grow large. And then they fight. Okay. Very formulaic. So this little – this little, like – thing creates them okay so we basically get it, it, it it's a setup the zero is a setup leading into the number one and there's a girl a new girl scorpina shows up and she's just she looks like she's out of he-man and like one of the zord things flies off oh, it was very interesting and there's a giant head in a blue box that's Zordon. That's their mentor. He's a giant he's, head in a blue box. He's like their Charles Xavier. Okay. You know, he that's who he is. He okay. brought them all he, he basically, you know, Rita Repulsa, you know, is attacking the earth and now they have to he had to find teenagers with attitude to protect the earth. Go go Power Rangers. Careful we don't want to get uh I could say that at least. Uh, okay, don't sing it though. I will. So that was the zero. The zero set it up, and I was like, okay. So then I read the one. And so th- this takes place after the first season in which Rita Repulsa created Tommy to destroy the Rangers from inside. But he fought against his programming in order to become a Ranger. And that's what this is about. So are these brand new stories, or are these all retelling? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. So, So in this number one... Was that something you've already seen? Like you knew what was coming? Yes. See, that's the thing is I think so this they, isn't new. 
I, well, it, it's in. I think it's a new telling within the canon of the cartoon. Because you have to understand, this cartoon is like I was watching this when I was in high school. So, wow. Um, so a lot of people might have forgotten, you know. So it's kind of playing the fact that you're gonna have to remember, either remember or they're going to allude to it in the story that um she created him, and he sort of alludes to it in the story as well. Um that he has free will now and he's going to try to be a good ranger and blah, blah, blah. But so. he doesn't. Hmm? But he doesn't. Well, yet. he tries. Like, he, he's really trying to fight his program. Her boobs. This is funny. Every panel. Rita's boobs. She's every supposed to panel, be like, they go, old. they go every other way, too. It's so funny. She's supposed to be like, like over a couple thousand years well, old, too. You can too. tell because they're kind of down in the middle of her body instead oh, of being up a little higher. So, I, I hate to say, the art actually wasn't bad. But it's interesting how the inker, there are some black lines around things, and then sometimes they just let the colorist, and sometimes things blend in, and either ink the whole thing or don't ink the whole thing. That's That was my biggest complaint. I actually like the art, and I have no clue what's going on, but yeah, I will read the next issue, because it's kind of crazy that this scorpion woman shows up again, and okay, I, I don't understand how or why. And the backup story with this bulk and skull, who I don't understand. They were but, from the cartoon? Um, I know. It was a good number one. I they mean, I know the, nothing about it, but I enjoyed it. They were the comic relief and are from the they are from the, uh, the original story, uh, the original cartoon. So they were always comic relief. Um, and they're trying very hard to continue that with uh with the further adventures of them what did you think of it so having you watched all this what did you think yeah. of the zero I one it. i enjoyed it i thought the artwork was was very was good it was a lot better than um voltron it was a lot better than voltron i don't know what was going on with it or why it sound why it was different but it it just is a really i enjoyed it it was really like a walk down memory lane so is this an ongoing or yeah, is it's it supposed to be an ongoing because the Pink Ranger is getting her own miniseries in a couple of months. See, so uh, that uh, that ha- this has to be all new material, or at least a little bit of new material, and they they must be going off into their own in their own direction. I'm assuming because uh, yeah, the esta- how Tommy's history was established is still going to be from uh, the cartoon, but uh, sorry, from the TV show. So I don't know. If this is all going to be new content or what? Are you going to make me go see the new Power Rangers movie too? Of course. It's going to be amazing. Okay. Like I'm making you go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> <sighs> tit for tat, everybody. Tit for tat. Okay. Speaking of tits, what else do you want to review? What's tit- next? Speaking of tits. Speaking of tits, what do you want to review? Uh, let's talk about standoff. Because standoff. That's, because that is something that is, you know, it's it's the... I guess the lead-in for the next Marvel Summer event, which is Secret War. <laughs> you're, you're a year behind. Which is uh, Civil War. It's it's all wars. So it's a little it's bit always of always a war with these people. This is leading into the new Thunderbolts. This is leading into the new Steve Rogers um, solo book. Um, yeah, so we reviewed Standoff, the Zero issue. Now, this is the Alpha issue, which really does – it. it's – Four ninety nine, but it really does give you a lot. It's a full story, and unlike a lot of the the number ones or zeros or alphas that they do, I think this really got into the story quick. This this doesn't leave you hanging. It kind of tells you this is what it's going to be about. This is what it's going to do, and I love the fact that the last page, the bad guys are assembled, and we don't have to go on and on and wait. I enjoyed it. Um, I, so we had a little bit of a conversation about what was happening in, um, in, on the geek chat, uh, Frank and I, and we were talking about how Maria Hill is characterized in this book. She does seem a little bit off. She seems, she's very, um, flippant as, as Frank said in the, in the geek chat. And I have to agree with him. I've never really took her to, to, to be like this i don't know what's going on with her so. well i could have swore she was a lot serious in a lot more serious a lot more serious in all the other books exactly so to have her be very flippant like this is is maybe maybe the you know uh, cosmic cube baby did something i don't know but it was weird so who so the, did this book so the writer is nick spencer back 
Uh, he's back. Uh, the artist is Jesus. Uh, yeah. Something like that. Uh, Sayas, we'll say. The letter is VC's Clayton Close. What does VC stand for? Uh, I actually found it out. It took me forever to find it. But VC, when you see it in Marvel Book, stands for Virtual Calligraphy. Yep. And it was, um, a, it was uh, I guess, a studio that was created by Chris Epilios. I can never... I can't remember to say his last name. He's the one that did um, the Adventures of Franklin Richards. Mm-hmm. So he has a um, he has a sort of a Calvin Hobbes style, mm-hmm. but he's a cartoonist and a letterer. So he he they're all part of this conglomerate of letterers who made um, vi- uh, virtual VC. yeah VC virtual calligraphy. It's very interesting. Um, so those are the three people who who created it, who made who wrote this and did this book. Um, I'm assuming. Uh, Jesus did the colors as well because we're not saying a colorist. So and and he's the inker. So congratulations, that's awesome. <laughs> um, bless you, Rich. That's funny. Well, no, I'm saying. I mean, it just get your money, boo. I'm just you don't have to pay a color a colorist or a or an inker. Like you, you triple threat right there. Triple threat. Well, I think it also. So we'll talk about that panel you were talking about because since now I know he was the artist, the colorist and the inker, I think the art is very solid, especially for this book. The problem being sometimes the facial expressions do not match what they were trying to portray. And I think in the panel that you guys were talking about, even a, even just a smallest response from Steve would have triggered that for you or like a huh something or yeah there's a so there was a panel in which you know flippant uh martha uh, martha hill martha hill what's her name right <laughs> maria hill maria i'm thinking about marcia wallace i don't know but anyway she's she's being um kind of you know flippant about what they're doing to the criminals uh if you haven't read the book basically what it is is the criminals are being brainwashed to be perfect citizens in pleasantville pleasant hill pleasant hill it's all actual pleasant hill in california yeah so it's this you know community in which super villains are being brainwashed by a cosmic cube baby i shit you not a cosmic cube baby is brainwashing people fully costumed villains by the oh way oh my god you and know and making them believe that they are someone different and of course Steve Rogers does not like this because he's all about due process and he orders Hill to shut it down and this is what see and if you read the um one before this the standoff lead in uh, you see what happened to, to to Bucky what Bucky was doing Bucky was trying to find out what was going on and I'm assuming the thing that he was trying to protect the earth from because he is now took over for Nick Fury on the wall on the wall and he's trying to protect the earth from this cosmic cube baby and it was a hidden thing and now whisper who is in Sam Wilson Captain America's book who turns out to be Rick Jones so now Rick Jones is the oracle of the Marvel universe but because whatever whatever they did to cure him of being a bomb gave him super intelligence or something but it it starts to wear off i don't know my eyes just rolled so and so he's been helping sam wilson and so that's how sam wilson gets his information from rick jones aka whisper and so there's this parallel in which bucky is telling captain america or sorry bucky is telling steve rogers what's happening and it all culminates with them going to well steve rogers talking to maria hill and being like what are you doing and then of course Supervillains being supervillains, they buck their programming and, you know, they're out to destroy the constipated. Really? Captain. He was a shark. I mean. Yeah, he was. Well, did you see what he, yeah, he was? Yeah. He was a dog. dog. He was a dog. So all these people, like the, 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 the villains who were sort of monstrous, were turned into animals. And, like, and then Maria Hill is just like, and they made her Mare Hill. And she's just like, this is what you do. Ha ha ha. This is, this is, no, we're really trying to make a difference here. And, you know, they're happy. Well, and it was just weird. And then, you know, Steve Rogers just looks pissed the whole time. He's just like this. He looks constipated. <laughs> he, he looks like this, this grumpy old man. So I'm of two minds. This, it, it, this issue really didn't suck. But unfortunately, there's it a didn't. lot of problems with it that that you can't say it was a great book because 
I still have. And even though they made, they did reference why they're wearing their costumes, that makes no sense. That is like giving a prisoner, oh, here you go. Just you keep your gun um, and, you know, we'll forget that you have it or you'll forget that you have it. But he's still got a gun. That part still made no sense. I'm sorry. Strip them down, put them in regular clothes and then do your whammy on them. But that doesn't work for the story. Exactly what I was talking about with Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> it didn't work for the story. But but it was like a throwaway line, though, because when, when they reverted back, the trapster actually said, Why am I in my costume? Wow, we're still in our costumes? And I was just like, really? That's just... Mm-hmm. <sighs> so I, I And then they blow Captain America up. <laughs> they blow him? They blow him up. Oh, they blow him up. Yeah. You know, the, the thing with this book <laughs> is I think it's going to have a lot of ramifications later on. But I just like there was the part where the the baby, the cosmic cube baby does something to Steve. And we all know that Steve's coming back for the movie and he's going to be young again. and He's going to be Captain America with this weird shield. But Sharon Carter is still old. Uh, Yeah. Well, she didn't touch. She wasn't touched by the baby. The baby cosmic cube, cosmic cube baby. I don't know. I, I, I did think this was a good start, but it just had some bumps. I really hope that that becomes a new like meme. If something changes in Marvel now, it's, it's like the Cosmic Cube Baby. The CCB did it. The Cosmic Cube Baby. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but overall, I think it's going to be an interesting show. But I think I thought it was funny that wasn't it Neutron or Neutron? Wasn't he the one that blew up? Nitro. <laughs> wasn't he the one that blew up in the other yeah, one? Yeah, Stanford. He yeah. was the cause of Stanford. So ma- and he's in the, the cause. Civil War. And he's the cause of this one because it's going to blow it up and people are going to be pissed about it. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, that they brought him back. Yeah, to blow shit up again, because that's what he does. Boom. <laughs> we're not talking about Boom. We're talking about Marvel. <laughs> anyway. Let's uh, talk so, about Dynamite. Yes, let's talk about, speaking of. Yeah, you like how I did that? Boom and Dynamite. All right. So we're going to review. Doesn't get any better than this, people. <laughs> Vampirella number one from Dynamite. Um, Interesting book. You you Okay, well, let's tell them. So book. written by Kate Leth, who um, wrote that great power-up that I love from Boom. Remember yep. that? My, well, I read it. Illustrated by Iman Casalos, colored by Valentina Pinto, lettered by Erica Schultz. And I'm bringing up this for a reason. The main cover is by Chrissy Zulo. And I'm bringing up the main cover because I kind of think having this cover did a disservice to this book. So the cover shows her new costume. Vampirella went from her bikini, basically that was like a strap over her boobs and up her crotch. I mean, it was just like her, what yeah, she's famous for. Yeah, it was like a swimsuit for. thing. It, it, it was her classic, it was her classic book, or her classic look. So she's been redone. She's got a new outfit. But when you look at the cover of this, you, you don't see what the book is about. And I think that did a disservice. It's kind of kiddie. It's, it's a... Nothing really referenced. That cover did not show Kitty. No, no. It it's it it looks kind of juvenile. Juvenile. And yeah, that would be it the looks word. like it looks like it would be a comic for for kids. Or but then you get inside, and it's very it's, <laughs> it's, very, it's sexual. It's very sexual. I mean, she's a sexual character. But you do see the classic costume, and I thought that was a great nod. But the then they didn't. You, did they really? They didn't really reference why she changed it, though. I yeah, think they she, did. I mean, she just said that she didn't like because she was. Um, they need to be inconspicuous. Well, yeah, and but it's like really after like forty plus years now, you yes. want to be inconspicuous. So she's in this town. She's supposed to be on vacation, and someone. She was on vacation. That she moved there. Oh, I thought she was on vacation. No, no, she moved there because her butler got that haunted house for her, and she's dating a werewolf. Yeah, I didn't understand any of that either. Um, but she is seen, and someone takes a picture and puts it on the internet because some weird ninjas tried to kill a vampire reptile ninjas. Oh my god! No, they were reptile ninjas tried to kill her. Yes, and then they, and then when she beat them, half naked monster woman owns home invader. Well, but the home invader was was a reptilian a ninja, ninja whose body dissolved like the hand agents do. Yep. So I was like, okay. Sure. And then she shows up in her new costume because she's out and about. And she with, finds, all, her, with finds all her pockets. A, yeah, finds. I know, right? We're going back to 1990. What does she keep in them? Um, 
Her cell phone, her gum. <laughs> Tampon. <laughs> wow, really? What else would you keep in there? I don't know. Her, her condom in case the wolf and her want to do it. I don't think they use protection. You don't? No. Oh. The wolf vampire babies running around? Ugh. Um, like a cosmic cute baby. <laughs> <laughs> Vamp wolf baby. And then, and then the oddest thing is if this book couldn't get any stranger, she meets someone that wants to be her agent. It's, who it just was, shows up randomly and is like, hey, I want to be your agent. It was a bizarre book. <laughs> and then they have more sex. This They have a lot of sex. Yes. The... And then the, the and then the starlet from the beginning okay, yeah, is a so, werewolf. So they try to tie everything in to the beginning pages, which is unbelievable. Now I don't wear makeup, but it is three thirty seven a.m. and the girl. There's no lights out. There's no nothing. But she's putting her makeup on in the car while talking on a cell phone and drinking coffee. It was the weirdest thing. And then you turn the page, and that's when you find out. <laughs> That she's been recruited to be in this movie, but oh, there's no cameras, and you're, and then finally at the end, it's like she's like eating people. She's like a the the, the, the star is a werewolf. Yeah, so I, it, a weird like Wendigo werewolf with just. I, I think don't what know. they're setting up is that the agent that Vampirella meets is going to introduce her to this woman, and then Vampirella is gonna they're gonna have to fight or something, and then the werewolf guy is gonna be like, oh, you know. We have to stop this people because they're evil. Rawr. So again. But first we have to have <laughs> sex. and then. <laughs> so I we reviewed Tomb Raider a couple of weeks ago. I've never read a Tomb Raider. I was so lost. I've never read a Vampirella comic. And I'm like, I have they're no not, clue they're what's not going inter- on. They're not inter- interchangeable. Like I read, I would, I read, I was a huge Vampirella fan. And I read the Grant Morrison of Vampirella. And I read the Mark Miller Millar Vampirella, Vampirella, and they were great. You know, they really did some interesting stuff with like Panthera, and Panthera isn't she from? No, Panthera. She-ra? No, she was a, uh, she was a. Uh, I'm thinking of Panthro from. No, uh, no, uh, uh, yeah, Thundercats. Yeah, no, she was Panthera, and she was a, uh, like a totem with a panther or something, and so she was. It was a really interesting stuff, and Grant Morrison, which is which is funny, is he was much more reined in, and it was a really good. It was a really good series so what did you think of this one then um i don't know what i think about it because it was just so like so, a lot of weird shit just happened like page I don't know. after page they just randomly appeared yeah like it's just, it just seemed like a string of random shit was happening in the book and you know what i just did, i don't know what's going on but it seemed like it was a good book so I, I might pick up the next one. I'm not really sure at this point. <laughs> okay, that's another number one. So what are we going to do for the next number one? We got more number ones lined up for you guys. Do you want to do that? Yeah. So the next one we're going to talk about is Another Castle. Oh, okay. Um, and this was uh, an independent. Since we're on the independent kicks, let's do this one. Um, it was called Another Castle. It is an. It looks like it's an ongoing from Oni Press, three ninety nine. Now I just want to let everyone know that at whatever we have a brand new program called Buy It Try It, and this was one of our Buy It Try It's. What we're giving you the opportunity to do is pick up a number one, read it. If you like it, then tell us you want the next issue. You know, add it to your pull list. If you didn't like it, you have a couple weeks. We we have different dates for each book to come in and exchange it for something else, to try something, you know. Um, This was one of them, so I wanted to make sure that Des and I reviewed it. Because I got to read this book early. I got to read it a couple months ago, and I loved it. And that's why we made it one of our first Buy It, Try It. So people could give something new, a new number one, a try. What'd you think? So first and foremost, it was written by Andrew Wheeler. Uh, It was illustrated and colored by Paulina Gonchu and uh, lettered... It was lettered by Ginny Vitran, and it was designed by Hilary Thompson. Um, first and foremost, it was a story about a princess, but she was no ordinary princess. This is a princess who likes to get shit done. Um, so she's kind of like a Mary Sue type of princess in which she she has an arranged marriage, but she doesn't want to be married she wants to be an adventurer and so she's bucking the conventional uh princess role in order to be a an adventurer you know she doesn't want the the her soon-to-be husband's help yeah so you find out that there's another kingdom off to the side of where they live and there's a immortal 
uh, king living there, and that king wants to destroy, uh, wants to conquer her kingdom, and and he wants to marry her to do that. And you find out she has this queen or this princess hates uh, that guy because when her mother was young, uh, that guy, since he's immortal, stole her and took her over there. And Basically then, did the same thing. Yes, did the same thing, but, but her mother killed herself in order to stop the wedding, um, thus stopping him from getting married. And so she has this really mad on to kill the guy. And she's very smart, very tenacious. And so she takes a magic sword from her father and goes to kill the guy. Literally, just is like, I'm going to take the sword and I'm going to go and I'm going to kill this guy and we're going to be done with it. And it's just, I'm just like, wow, girl, you're just going to go and do it. And then on the way, she meets her future husband. And, you know, he's kind of a doofus, kind of not. But he's like, you need to go and tell them what's going on. And I'm going to go and kill this guy real quick. And then, you know, we don't have to get married and blah, blah, blah. But she gets kidnapped. But she gets kidnapped. But she gets kidnapped of her own volition. Yes. You know, she she goes with the with the person and the with the witch and the dragon because she wants to not have them attack her her people. So she does a princely, uh, sorry, a prince's duty because she. she <laughs> you said duty. I did uh, because they keep referring to this this uh, uh, princess's handbook, in which it says, you know, princes can win wars, but princesses can win the peace, and this is from Don Diego's book of conduct. So, so and it's like a magic sword that can destroy the evil guy. So she gives like her her prince the magic sword. That way, it doesn't fall into his hand, the evil guy's hands. Yeah, that was the only part of the book. Yeah, I think why fell didn't apart. they just? Why didn't they just take him too? Yeah, uh, I, was that weird. was the one part. Like, I liked it, but there were some things that I was like, okay, these are weird, uh, the weirdest directions to go. But she ends up seeing the dress her mom was gonna wear, and she goes crazy and rips it apart, and then turns into a ninja and attacks the handmaiden and. The whole reason for the book is she goes and she sees the castle next to it. Yes, you know because the people, the people that uh, that the evil guy rules are actually not bad people. You know, it's like a half Medusa and a and a succubus guy, but they're but he likes to bake, and the Medusa is like a handmaiden, and they're really like not bad people. It's just a, it's just a king, the immortal king, is a bad person, and you find out that. The, the evil king didn't kill her mother like she was led to believe. The mother killed herself. And because, then he burned everybody yeah, in the castle. And then he killed everyone in the castle and burned everything down because he was angry. Because what he wants to do is he was he he gave himself to the dark forces and in doing so for for immortality and in doing so he was uh his soul was attached to the land so he cannot leave the soil that that he is on but there is a caveat if he marries and becomes the lord of another land then his then he'll be able to leave so that is his impetus for trying to marry her and the mother before her is so that he can expand his power and leave that domain that he is stuck on so it's Funny. So it's a very interesting story. It is. And when you look at the art and you look at the cover, you think it's going to be a kid's book. And it's by far way more adult than you would think. In the fact that, like Des said, he she wants to kill. Like, there's not a lot of kids' books where that is. And they talk about it a lot. And I kind of liked it because it's an adult, I don't want to say adult fairy tale, but it is in a way. It's an adult fairy tale. It's fine. It's an adult fairy tale. That's like it's got a lot of moving parts. I mean, it, it, the artwork is very cartoonish. It's, it's very very cartoonish. It's 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 kind of like you know Adult Swimish. It's it's yep. it's a little bit of American anime, a little bit not. Um, but it's a very like the colors are very bright. It's not dark. Um, it's, I, and that's the colors the are very funny inviting. Thing about the two, yeah, it, it's this dark story that's pretty. Yeah, I mean, it's a good book. Um, I do think that the princess. You know, I wish there was a way. Like, I, I get it that she's bucking, she's bucking, uh, the whole prince s role in which she has. She doesn't want to be saved. She's her own woman. She can do whatever she wants. But at the same time, they make the prince her. You know, the her betrothed, kind of doofusy. Yeah. You know, and it's just like I. I really wish there was a lot more. Um, this duality between the two because um, you don't really see that in comics very often. Like I see, I think it's being done really well in Saga, 
because they're both you know very strong characters both male and female characters but i don't know it just seems like this one and how they portrayed the the uh the princess was just she was just really like i was like i understand it was just i just thought it was it could have been a little bit uh more of a balancing act between the two of them it seems like everyone in the castle was kind of either dumb or or not um I'm trying to think of the word they just weren't um uh, strong characters like she was the only strong character was her and i was just like well it, it, it doesn't seem like that would that would you know, be the case right well i'm definitely going to read the number two because i want to see what happens i agree 100 percent. now the next one we're going to talk about is um the next one we're going to talk about is um black widow. yeah we're gonna talk about black widow uh right after this Thank you again for tuning in and checking out the Geek Chat. We're here live every Monday from 6 to 7 on MixLR. If you miss an episode or any of our other episodes, you can check out um, this season and any other season that we've done before on SoundCloud. Search the Geek Chat. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, Tumblr, and on Instagram. We are also on YouTube. But again, always search the Geek Chat. If you want to talk to Rich or myself, you can always uh, join the Facebook group, The Geek Chat. Always search the Geek Chat. Yeah, so the next book we're going to talk about is a book that I actually really enjoyed. And I know that Rich, I don't know, for some reason Rich does not like this character. Well, it's Black Widow. But I actually like, I actually like her as a character, but I do... There's something about the team of Mark Wade and uh, Chris Samney that just I don't know I, I I'm willing to see what they're going to do with Black Widow because I really enjoyed what they did with Daredevil so uh, it's Black Widow number one for Marvel Comics Chris Samney and Mark Wade were the writers Chris Samney did the art Matthew Wilson did the color color art and VCs Joe Karamanga did the lettering um so as Desmond said, I'm not a fan of Black Widow. Don't like her. Don't care to read the book. The number one... I will probably not read this number two. <laughs> um, you know, the writing was fun and the artist fun and Black Widow can do no wrong and... There was no words in this. I mean, it seemed like a, it was like a 22-page uh, escape uh, story. Well, I got, I'm I'm going to say that's actually what I enjoyed about this book. Uh, years ago, Marvel did Enough Said for a month, and certain books had no words. And I, I think a good writer and artist combination can tell a good story with no words. And this kind of proved that if the artist is strong enough to convey what the writer is trying to put forth, it still makes sense. My biggest problem was... Uh, how long are they going to drag this? What the hell she stole out? Because I don't give a damn. Probably they're probably going to say something in the next episode uh, issue. Issue, I hope. Because the whole thing, and I liked it because it gave us a it gave us a sort of um, mystery. You know, the whole thing takes place. It's a huge explosion, and out from the explosion comes the Black Widow. And she has stolen something from a shield helicarrier, and it is about her escaping the shield helicarrier. And I thought and it was the shield agents that are and chasing the shield her. agents that are chasing her. And I thought it was amazing. Although how she jumped, she landed on a car and then butt hit some guy off of his bike. Did you see that fan panel? Yeah, I feel bad for that poor guy. He didn't do nothing, and then she attacks him. And she didn't attack him. She attacked him with his butt. She like butt checked him, and then uh, stole his bike. She's a she did something um, anyway. So she stole something, and then she's fighting. Like and then she the stole agents. a motorcycle. And she stole. She, yeah, she's stealing a lot of stuff. She's a she's a spy. That's what she does. But she was fighting a so whole bunch of people. Spy steal. Yes, of course. Thief uh, steal. So do spies. You again. We don't know what she stole, <sighs> but I loved it. I thought it was great. Let's start off with a lot of action and intrigue. I have no idea what she stole. I'm. I want to see what she stole because even she, she, I mean, at the end when she when she fights the last, she fights off the last shield agent. The shield agent says, "I hope to God what you stole was worth it." And she's and like, she says, "So do I." So do I. And I'm like, I like that. Like I, I'm intrigued by it. You know, I want to <sighs> see what's happening. I can't believe you're like, no, 
you know, is it because you don't like the character because of what she did with the movie and you're comparing her to the movie version or I just, you know, I think how can I say this without people booing me? But I think out of all the characters Marvel has, when the movie Avengers movie came and they picked her to be their star female, I'm just like, ugh. Who else would you have wanted? Anyone else. I mean, I'd rather Spider see. Woman. That's too bad. You know, who else is there? Like, because poor Carol Spider Danvers Woman. Poor Spider Woman. Was in the forefront, and then the Avengers movie came, and she got regulated to the back, and they brought Black Widow up. I just, I know that people love her, and I'm glad that she's there because little girls do need to see a strong female on the screen. And plus, we need a little redhead love. You know, these redheads need someone to look up to. Yes, I just don't care to read it. And I like Mark Wade, and it's all fine, but I just, it, this book is not for me. I will be reading the number two. I was intrigued. I want to see what's happening. Because I thought the number one was a number two. I don't, uh. I don't, uh. <laughs> I'm kidding. It wasn't that bad. It just, it was, it was interesting. Uh, I just don't care about her. You burn my soul sometimes. I try. I swear to God. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Although I was surprised at how much, like, the lack of words there was, but... It was intriguing. Well, they don't like, get paid for the by the word. <laughs> I guess good they thing. Can. He was like, I got to write this real quick, so I'm just going to do it. So our next little pellet review. Now, this one I was really sad about. Uh, okay. I'm, I was, so wasn't I, didn't I say, wasn't I right in my critique about this book? You were way more than right. Des and I decided because it's number one week, we were going to read The Amazing Spider-Man in Silk. Written by Robbie Thompson. Pencils and inks by Todd Nyok. Which is, who is awesome. And that's another reason why we wanted to support this book, because we really love yes. Todd's art. Yeah, we, we met really him do. at a couple conventions. He's really nice. Very nice guy. Colors by Veronica Gandini. Layouts by Jaffo. Well, the color, the cover's by Scott Forbes, but the cover actually... Okay, so we have Spider-Man and Silk, and if you're not familiar with who Silk is, she was bit by the same spider Peter Parker was bit by all those decades ago, even though neither of them look older than 12. Um, but she was locked in she a... She was locked in a, in a basement in like in a bomb shelter for forever. So I want to say something positive about this book. I love Todd Nyok's art. And it is great to see him on Spider-Man because he really does get all those weird, unnatural poses that a human being can get into. He draws them really nice on Spider-Man. Um, and the other thing I really liked about it is this is a miniseries. That's about what I'm going to say. But it was already posted. It was already posted, too. Yeah, I know. That was uh, the thing that I didn't like about it was it was it was a digital first. Yep. And then it was like four ninety nine, and yep. I was like, "Wow, really?" Didn't care for the unimaginative Dino Transformer. Um, Is he a kid? Didn't care for spoke? I. I it's don't like know. the dialogue was a little. I mean, it just seemed it just read really, really young. So I, this is must be an all ages book. It's T plus. It didn't seem like it. <laughs> you know the way they were talking and whatnot. I just don't know. Like I really like Todd Yock's art and it's just like why I just wish he was on something a bit more substantial yeah kind of like how I feel yeah. with Nick Bradshaw who is an amazing artist I like him on Spidey though. and they stick him on a book that is going to be canceled I like Spidey Manders. though I thought so, Spidey is written really well can you answer me what the hell Silk so somehow Silk's power she comes out of her fingertips and she makes her own costume Except for her face mask, she can get all these intricate designs. And what was up with the way Spider-Man was changing with the weird webs around his arms? So he doesn't put clothes on anymore. It's all fake, but he puts on his mask. I do not understand that. Another thing, did you, did you notice? You didn't answer my question. I don't know. You're asking me. I have no idea. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't know how they were doing it. I thought it was very interesting that that... He was in his civilian identity talking to the villain uh-huh. as Spider-Man. And he was like, shouldn't you be wanting to hide your identity? But no, because it's of them in the did. past. I don't know. I, it doesn't seem to matter. And then I think the worst thing was the thing at the end for me. 
Well, yeah. I mean, I'm for me, they bring back. It's like it was at a time in which Uncle Ben is there, and I was just not intrigued by it. So now Uncle Ben is going to team up with them, so it's going to be the three of them. I don't know. I found it very painting, very painstakingly. It hurt to read it. I really wanted to go into this liking it. So did I, because I'm again, I'm a huge supporter of Todd Knock, and it was just like, I it just didn't. I don't what know. What are your thoughts on Silk? As a character yeah. or her book? As a character. I think as a character, she's fine. I just don't think that she needs to find a voice of her own. I mean, I think she suffers a lot of from what um, Spider-Woman suffers from, too. Like, they need they need her their own voice. And the sad thing about in Spider-Woman's case was she had her own voice, but then they just stopped. And they made Black Widow more pow- uh, important. And I don't think that matters. <laughs> I, I really don't. <laughs> but I, I mean... I just don't think we needed Silk personally. Like I just so in the beginning it was really cool because I will admit reading that and it's like, why are you working for Black Cat? I'll tell you later. I need your help. And I'm like, okay, this is gonna be kind of cool. And then no. time travel happened and they're in the past. And I no. just that really that's when the book fell apart for me. As soon as I saw uh, the Dinobot Transformer guy, I I was like, I'm this is no, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of where I was at too. Um, but as far as Silk as a character, I mean, I think it's, I mean, I want to like her. I read her first series. I read this series. I just, I, I just don't know if she, I just don't know what her purpose is. And I just don't know what a lot of, you know, uh, people's purposes in some of these books. I have no idea. Like I wanted to like her, but I just, something about her character is just not interesting. Yeah, it wasn't know. interesting at all to me in that book. I don't know. So another number one, this came out last week, and I kind of told Des that he had to read it. I really liked this. It is from DC Comics. It's Superman, The Coming of the Superman. And it is told out of continuity, which is okay. Uh, mean, the story and of, artist... It's like, a, it's like an Elseworlds. It Elseworlds, really is. Right? The story and artist is Neil Adams. Words are Adams and Tony Bedard. I've always loved Tony Bedard's stories. Colorist was Alex Sinclair. And the letterer was Seda Tamafonti. This is a straight up old school DC Comics. Superman in his red trunks going after Calabac. And I have always loved... But it was the other Superman going after Calabac. True. Uh, It's... is old school Jack Kirby Calabac. And I loved it. And the art for me worked because it was so, it was throwback to me. So retro. And I loved it. I, I miss, I miss stories like this in the DC universe. I think that's another reason why I really, really liked it. So you, these, your mileage may vary as did mine. <laughs> um, so these three new Superman show up. Uh, one is, a redhead, one's a black guy, and one is just all American. All American. Um, and they're beating up on Calabac, and Superman really doesn't do much. Poor Calabac. He's, he's with this boy in trying to help him because his family's dead, and then he's in Metropolis, and Lois is doing her news thing. What? You didn't like it? No. No? Sorry. And. This book is not for me. Oh, it was so for me. This this book is for people who read comics in the sixties. So no wonder you like it. I hate you. This isn't for people. <laughs> this is for people that like the nostalgia feel of comics because I think this totally hit it. And like the end, it's a nice surprise because you learn that the Sphinx was actually based on Darkseid's dad. And I was like, I'm okay. You know, this book doesn't matter. It's not gonna be groundbreaking. But I gotta tell you, it was a fun book, and it's something. Fun is what I've missed from DC. I'll give you that, but this book is not for me. It was a struggle to get through. I don't know. Really? Yeah. I was just not, I don't know. The writing was just not for me. The art was just not for me. I was just like. <laughs> I love the art. I, I was just like, it wow. Was, it was rough art, but it reminded, I don't know, the whole, like the feel and the story and, Okay. We will. No, we it was will. classic. No, it, don't get me wrong. It it really was a throwback, and it really it made me think about those old DC books and stories and and stuff like that. But I just 
I don't know. I don't think it was super steeped in nostalgia, but I think I think it was mainly just the artwork that did it for me. Like I was just, you know, I don't know. There's just there was, you know, and he's he's an older guy, and you know, I don't know, just. The art showed its age. Oh, I agree, a hundred percent. You know, I think that's, you know, because no disrespect to Neil Adams and his and his legacy, but I don't know. I see. For me, the pages of Calabac, that that splash page, um, that just hit a good a good spot. So, that was that. We are going to talk about a book that is making its rounds. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Okay, we got two more books for you. One is going to be this book. I really want to talk about because this is a book from Image that is it. Just tell it. It was weird. It was very weird. So, it's called the Discipline. Number one, writer is Peter Milligan. So you expect a little bit of strangeness. Artist is Leandro Fernandez. The colorist is Chris Peter. And Simon Boland did the letters. It was like Fifty Shades of Grey with demons. Yep. It was bizarre as hell. Yep. Third page in, penis. After a rough sex, two pages of rough sex. Seder sex with... There's this guy who sees this woman as a vessel for something, and he is seducing her but it's the act of seduction that is allowing him to i don't know what's going on or why he's doing it but she has been chosen and he's saying that she's like sexually repressed and so he's doing these things to like push her sexually you know like not she stares a lot of- at a she stares at a painting of a satyr and this woman and then she goes to bed and she decides just to masturbate. No, she wakes up from a dream and and then she's like masturbating in her bed and but she's but she sort of feels like Dirty. weirded out about yeah. it because she's she's sexually repressed and the sky's like opening her up and it's this weird like demon sort of vampire thing and then there's this the satyr that tries to stop the sex between the two of them and there's like mysticism. And then he spits in her eye and she's drugged and then he does her from behind. It's just weird. It was just a lot of weird shit going on. And, and then the one guy pokes something in his eye and turns into this weird like. Well, he goes into this different dimension or yeah. something with all these snake like creatures. And it was just bizarre. I don't I really don't know what to make of this book because I've never seen a book be this. um Uh. What is it? Um, it's because it's not. It's just. It's not that there's like a lot of cursing or anything. It's just the subject matter is very, very graphic and adult. And I was just like, huh. I'm just not. I was not used to it from Image. And I was just like, and I guess Rich was telling me that this was supposed to be a. Um, I, originally, it was supposed to be a Vertigo book years ago, and somehow that got shelved, and they took it to Image. And I think it fits at Image a lot more. I think that's a better home. I loved the art. I'm going to say the art in this, for what it was, the subject matter, I think it worked in a lot of levels. Because you had weird demons and these, the woman who was hanging upside down like the side of beef. It just... Yeah, and, like, <laughs> and the blood, and, and like he takes her to, to this butcher shop to look at this... I think the colorist did a great job, too, because yes. the the weird breaks in color fit the book like there's distinct colors for each person in the act of sex yeah it was just weird it was weird so we got one a uh, little bit of time for just one more quick one we're gonna talk about bat girl we're trying to talk because i guess uh dc with the rebirth are going to be changing up a few things with a couple of their books we have no clue if this is going to be one of them we have no clue um but we wanted to check in with bat girl to see what was going on because this issue got a lot of mixed reviews. Yes. One person gave it a ten out of ten. Another person uh, on a site just Made reviewed it, it really bad. And it poorly. was one of his worst books. Yeah. So, so one of our uh, listeners, Terry, posted about it, and Des and I talked about it, and we're like, you know what? Let's let's revisit Batgirl because I dropped Batgirl when this new creative team took over, and it just wasn't a Batgirl for me. Yeah, and I tried tried for a while, but again, I kind of fell in with with Rich, but. Um, this seems to be this was this was like what happened with Bruce Wayne when Bruce Wayne was getting his memory Ooh, back. I, I oh, we so don't have time, but I got to tell you, this one really of my customers, Drew, that. 
explained what happened, so I can explain what happened to you. With the Batman? Yes, he explained it to me. So this was called uh, Minefield. Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher were the writers. We got a lot of artists here. Horatio Dominguez, Babs Tarr, Roger Robinson, Ming Doyle, and James Harvey all were the artists in order of appearance. Yeah, because they were going into... Basically, they were going into... Hold on, there's more. Sergey Lapointe with James Harvey did pages 15, 16, 18 colors. Steve Wands was the letterer. Okay, so yeah, a lot happened in this book. Yeah, they were going through... through, They are basically trying to reboot Babs' mind after a guy named... Fuse or something. Fugue? Yeah, like messed up her brain. So he stole her secrets and now wants to use them against her. Correct. And so the, I had no clue that the girl, the main girl walking around in the dreams was supposed to be... Batgirl. Yeah, it was I, it was a it was a AI that they put into that the evil guy put into her her brain in order to override it. But the woman who can who can mentally go into people's brains telepathically or, or computer based had disarmed that AI. But the AI took over and was trying to rewire Babs to be evil again. Yeah. So personally, eh, I mean it. It seems like this is an a culmination, a culmination of a lot of different stuff that's happening. So maybe that's another reason why, because I wasn't really getting it, and I just don't really get the this Batgirl as a character. I but. don't understand. And then at the end, like somehow the girl that can go into people's minds accessed Dinah's screech cry. I I was lost. I. I don't understand. I think it's this book is just for people who are like really like who've listened or who have read it and really want to be a part of it. I don't know. This book is just not for me. And I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen with Rebirth if if they're going to keep this or if they're going to uh change her a little bit to make her more accessible. You know what I did like? Or what? I did like the fact that for once they actually um acknowledge the fact that she her memory is so good. I was very happy with that. And as always, a special thank you to our sponsors, because without them, we really wouldn't have a show. So I want to give a special thanks to Club Card Printing. They're the ones that help us do all of the fantastical prints that you see in our palm cards. And if we ever do posters, we're going to get them done there. So if you're in the San Francisco area or if you have a computer, check out clubcardprinting.com. We also want to thank Gene Gilmet. He does all the amazing artwork for the show. You can check him out at rltpress.com. Yes, Gene, I, I, and I don't take it personally that Rich is always trying to kill me. So, <laughs> Also want to give a special thanks to Terry Miller. She is the mistress of the mix board and makes all those lovely sounds that you hear uh, during the Geek Chat. Also want to give a special thanks to our major sponsor, Whatever Comics, located at 548 Castro Street in San Francisco, located between 18th and 19th. Check us out online at whateverstoreonline.com and on Facebook under Whatever Store. Thank Yep. So um, I know people in the chat were asking, what are we going to be doing for the uh, end of March for uh, Silicon Valley Con? Rich and I are trying to uh, find a way to get in. Um, so we're going to try to go there most likely on Sunday and we're going to do some, um, live interviews. Yeah. Live interviews with some people. I mean, it'd be live for us cause we're doing it, but we're going to probably, uh, post them as a special, uh, one shot show for you. So definitely stay tuned for that. So um, one of the books that didn't get mentioned because we talked about a lot of stuff, I just want to give a special shout out to gem number 12, which was one of its most personal episodes ever. And it was also one of my favorites. And if you are questioning why I love this book so much, it is because the writing and the characters are very strong, well-rounded. And it took 12 issues. But you know what? The misfits are just becoming more human than they were ever done on the cartoon. I would agree. And I really like that we're seeing this darker version of the gang because... Of Gem. Well, yeah, because like they're always so you know pristine and you know happy, and it's really great to see this but kind of world, role reversal yeah. that's going on. Because like, the misfits have been amazing. So, without further ado, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Desmond. I'm Rich, and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Keep track. Keep track. Keep track. Keep track. Keep track.